What's up, sports ballers? Thanks for checking out the latest edition of the Sports Ball Podcast. And this one, Andrew and I, well, I vent quite a bit actually about Michigan's uh, deplorable showing against Ohio State. Um, we talk college football playoff, who's in, who's going to be in now, and uh, who's going to be in when it actually matters. Uh, talk a bit about the NFL, and then also um, the NCAA. Uh, men's basketball net rankings turns out they're kind of a joke this early in the season so anyways lots of fun discussion good show hope you enjoy it thanks for listening good evening cam andrew how are you man i'm doing well oh are you have you recovered Oh, we're going to leave the show off with this, are we? Well, it's the it's the elephant in the room. I mean, um, we might as well rip the Band-Aid off what we can. Well, if the elephant is the defense, then it's most certainly not in the room. They left that in Michigan. Yeah, okay. So, oh gosh, where to even start? So, I was in Detroit at my parents' home watching the game with my dad, my brother-in-law, my cousin, and my uncle while my wife sister-in-law, sister, mother, and cousin and aunt were in the back room talking. Uh, so big, big family party, lots of food, lots of tasty beer, uh, only to be very, very, very let down by um, the best defense in the country, apparently just taking a complete day off. It was inexcusable, I think, is the word that comes to mind. Uh, uh, on top of embarrassing and infuriating. Um, I just, I don't understand how a defense that has been utterly dominant the entire season gives up almost 600 yards of offense and 62 points, the second most points allowed in school history. Over 100 years of football, second most points allowed. It's I it, I just I I don't even know how to comprehend how they were so bad. And it you know at the same time it's like you feel bad for them because they're either teenagers or in their early twenties like they're young men so like it's super easy to get annoyed at the score and the performance but like then you just feel bad for them because I'm sure they're absolutely crushed so like I don't want to be a total jerk about it but like from a human standpoint I feel for them I know they're gutted I know they're super disappointed and probably really mad and angry and all that stuff but from a fan side it's just it's inexcusable yeah I mean I I can't imagine the feeling because this this was the year Virtually everything was set up for Michigan aside from having to play that game in Columbus. I mean, that, that was really the only thing standing their way was they were going to have to go on the road to play that game. Right. And, but and I don't know the logic that, that follows is, is if we can't beat them in Columbus, then we don't deserve to get destroyed by Alabama on the playoff. So Absolutely. I mean, you got to win, you got to win the games on your schedule. And but you, you, put in the, that. you put in the show notes, it's a, it's a waste of a season now. Yeah, I wrote that a few days ago. Um, I have I have come down a little bit from that. It's not a waste of a season. It's a wasted opportunity. 
we had the opportunity to make the playoff for the first time. We had the opportunity to take what was already a storybook season and cap it off with a performance on the biggest stage in college football and prove to kids across the country why they should come play at Michigan. And we still get the chance to do that, you know, because if Ohio State makes the playoff, which is not a guarantee, but if they do, then Michigan will be in the Rose Bowl. And, you know, that is the granddaddy of them all, as they say, uh, for what, you know, whatever quippy titles are worth. But it's not a waste of a season like I wrote. I have, I've, like I said, I've come out. It's just, it's a waste of a really good opportunity that thus far has, you know, eluded Michigan. So, um, yeah, still a 10-win season, still another loss to Ohio State, um, this one in embarrassing fashion. But we still, you know, have a chance to play, depending on, on how far we fall in the standings, which I don't think will be terribly far. I still think we'll be a top-10 team. Uh, to play in a New Year's uh, Six Bowl, which is still, you know, that's a lot of money for the program. That's a lot of exposure for the program. Um, so, yeah, I, I have backed off that statement a little bit. I will ask you this, though. What if what if Michigan had gone to that game 9-2 with their second loss being to Penn State? So they, they beat their rival – and they still end up ten and two. They still beat Ohio State. Is a season in which they go ten and two and beat Ohio State better than a season in which they go ten and two and don't beat Ohio State? Absolutely. And so that it's it's a double whammy. Yeah, it's the we lost the division again. We lost to Ohio State again. We don't even get to play for the Big Ten championship. We cost ourselves a shot at the playoff. Yeah, like if we go ten and two and we beat Ohio State. That means we end the season on a win. That means we still get to go to the Big Ten championship game. That means we finally get the freaking monkey off of our back of the last decade and a half. Like, there's – one, it's Ohio State, right? It's essentially the devil from Michigan's perspective. And they keep beating us and beating us and beating us. And and it's infuriate. It's not even a rivalry anymore. They own us head-to-head for the last decade and a half and it's infuriating so yeah you better believe a win over ohio state and a loss to heck we could have lost to illinois that would have the win over ohio state would cover a multitude of sins so what's what's frustrating is we played impeccable football and when we didn't we did enough to win anyways and the only game we lost before that we played like absolute trash to the number three team in the country. And we only lost by a touchdown. So like you can excuse that sort of, you can excuse that sort of loss. It was the first week Patterson was, uh, you know, new to the system, whatever. It's a loss. It's Notre Dame. We hate them, but you gotta, you know, that's a loss that you can explain. You can't explain getting thrashed by Ohio state again, other than by saying they are simply better than we are and have been for, you know, half of my life, which just sucks, you know? Yeah, and I, I think it illustrates the how, how slim those margins are between, you know, 
success and and I don't want to say failure, but I mean, this is a team that went ten and two, and is not going to be able to play for a, a conference championship. And they seem to have everything they want in the program. They've got the coach they want. They have the infrastructure. They have the facilities. They have everything they they want. They're they're playing at a an elite level, and for sixty minutes they 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 couldn't win. And and it's the same. It's the same fear I have with with Scott Frost. You know, two or three years down the road, he gets the program to where he wants it. But what if they can't beat Wisconsin when they need to, or they they can't beat Iowa? And and that that margin between ten and two and, and eleven and one is is just so slim, and yet it can it can define a program over the course of five, ten, fifteen years. Yeah, you know, and like the difference between this 10 and 2 and the 10 and 2 when we won the Orange Bowl is that the college football playoff wasn't a thing then. Right. So we were playing in the BCS Bowl, not for the national championship, but like for one of the, you know, the big ones. And we'll still hopefully get to play in, you know, a respectable, historical, you know, top notch bowl. It's just, you know, it sucks that I'm mad that we're 10 and 2. Right, it's it's you know it's I mean? it's one more. It's now one more year where you you have to go through it. Yeah, because how many how many programs would love to be ten and two? Um, every single one of them, right? hundred for like except for Alabama and Clemson, like everyone else would be thrilled at ten and two, for the most part. And it just sucks that I should be happy that yeah. we have 10 wins, that we dominated everyone in the Big Ten outside of Ohio State. Like, I should be happy about this, but because we lost to them again and in such a dramatic fashion, it's just like it put an entire, it just put a bitter taste on the whole season, which, which is just dumb. And it sucks, you know, but that's it's, it's, it's the double edged part of sports. When it goes well, it's amazing. And when the plot twists for the worse, it sucks all the more. And that's part of why we love it, I think. Absolutely. And on the flip side, at Michigan, you have a basketball program that sometimes Ooh. doesn't live up to its expectations in the regular season and then exceeds the expectations in the postseason. So you may just have to, to pick and choose. But, yeah, it's um, – I, I can only imagine how, how gut-wrenching – it was, um, and especially I think too, what makes it uh, maybe hurt more is, I mean, Ohio State was downright bad in November. I mean, they they beat Nebraska by five points at home. They had to go to overtime to get past Maryland, and right. they only lost because Maryland went for two. Right. If so, yeah. I mean, if that's the thing too, if if Maryland wins that game. Then this loss doesn't matter for the Big Ten championship. Yep, it drops right. us out of the playoff. But still, you don't want to win the Big Ten by losing to Ohio State. No, but I mean, no, yeah, you could you could make an argument that oh, Ohio State didn't or Michigan didn't win the the Big Ten East as much as Ohio State lost lost the Big Ten East. I, I mean, yeah, that's an argument you could always make in sports as well. This team didn't. This team stunk this year. They didn't win it, so so and so won it. But, yep, yeah, 
So one more game for Michigan. Zero games left for, for, for Nebraska. Uh, and, and my level of excitement for Saturday night's game between Ohio State and Northwestern isn't isn't very high. I think Northwestern can make it a game for three quarters, but I think that the the Ohio State manpower um, on a neutral field, climate controlled setting, I, I think that it's it, Ohio State's going to be too much. They're they're riding high now. And Northwestern really didn't play very well against Illinois on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, but rivalry game, right? I suppose. I mean, oh, are you talking about Northwestern, Illinois? Yeah. 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 Um, and Illinois had played well. Um, I think the biggest shot. I just- I think North Northwestern plays to the level of their opponent, and that's just a sign of a. Uh, I usually say a young team, but Northwestern's not young. I think it's just they're under talented, and when they get to play the big boys, they step it up. Right. Um, so to your point, yeah, I think they're going to compete with Ohio State. Heck, I'd love to see them win, just to completely blow up. You know the Big Ten's chances at anything this year, but that's just because I'm bitter. So, But that does bring up, uh, I guess, the, the next debate then is is who, as of today, is the number four team in the playoff. I guess the rankings will come out. We're, we're recording this Monday night. They'll come out Tuesday. Yeah, so it's uh, going to be Georgia. So you think, you think it will be Georgia? Yeah. There's people that think it's going to be Oklahoma, but I think they're smoking something. They don't. They don't have a defense. They don't like. I, I would almost feel like if I got recruited to play defense at Oklahoma, it would be an insult. Like I think they put a defense on the field because they have to, not because they want to play defense. <laughs> and, and I realize, I realize, they're still a one-loss team, but Georgia has a stronger schedule, and Oklahoma still has to get by Texas, who beat them already. I think it's a foregone conclusion that Georgia's going to lose to Alabama, but I think as of this week, Georgia will be number four. Now, who's going to be number four when it matters is a completely different story, and I think that's where the real interesting discussion is, because ultimately, it doesn't really matter who's number four this week. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they value more. Do they value Georgia and the SEC schedule, or do they value Oklahoma and, you know, their offensive proficiency. Because obviously they score a million points. Like, no one questions them on offense. So it'll be interesting to see what the committee prefers, I think. So that from that standpoint, it's interesting. Um, but I don't know. Who do you think it's going to be for? Uh, I think. This I, week. I think it's Ohio State. Oh, really? Yep. Why? Um... Well, I'm trying to pull up. I'm having trouble here. Um, but I mean, they beat they t- they just beat a top five team. Uh, yeah. You know, when you look at Georgia's schedule, I, I think it's as weak as as Oklahoma's um, this year. I I, I don't. They, they play in the weaker SEC division by a, a long shot. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
who finished second in that division, Kentucky, and they're they're well, waning Florida, here. Florida was probably close because Florida was ranked eleventh and they just won again. Yeah, so yeah, I mean they played well in October. They they beat they beat Florida. Uh, they did take a loss to LSU, who has tumbled. They they lost on Saturday night to A and M, and that's crazy seven overtime game. Um, but in terms of ranked opponents who Georgia has beat, there's just one. Uh, uh, two right now, two Florida and Kentucky, and I think Kentucky is a is a week fifteen. Um, on the flip side, Ohio State has only beaten Penn State by a point, and then they throttled Michigan. So yeah, but you also have to look at their Maryland game, their loss at Purdue, their uh, Nebraska game. Oh yeah, they, that that three out of those four weeks, um, you know. They went – Nebraska played them after a bye week, after Purdue, and things really hadn't turned around. And then the following week they beat Michigan State up in East Lansing by 20 and then go on the road to Maryland. Obviously eyes on Michigan and and squeak out a win. Um, yeah. So, okay, so so I think it's going to be Georgia. You think it's going to be Ohio State. Who do you think is number four after the conference championships when it actually matters? Ohio State. Yeah, I think they have the best shot. I think Ohio State has the best shot to be four after the conference championships. Because Georgia's going to lose to Alabama. Yep. Ohio State should beat Northwestern soundly. Should. Crazier things have happened, right? Yep. Uh, and Texas has already beat Oklahoma, so there's there's no guarantee that Oklahoma, A, wins that game, or B, wins it in convincing fashion. Um, and it doesn't matter who wins the Pac-12, because they're both going to be, I think, they both have three losses. Right. Um, and obviously Clemson and Alabama and Notre Dame doesn't have a championship game. So I, I, I do think Ohio State has the best chance of being the fourth team. Mm-hmm. Which is just super. I'm so happy about that. But but is it really going to matter who the, who the fourth team is? Well, when they won their national championship, they were the fourth seed. And Cardale Jones, their third-string quarterback, came in and cleaned house. I mean, they had Ezekiel Elliott, let's not forget. He's yeah. a beast in college. But, yeah, I mean, the beautiful thing about any playoff is, is it doesn't matter what happens before then. You just got to get in, and then anything can happen. Right. Yeah, it's just like the NCAA tournament. Exactly. You know, and we've seen the 16 seed beat the one now. So is it, is it a stretch to think that Ohio State could outscore Alabama? Dwayne Haskins is on, man. Anything is possible. That's right. So here's another question that this wasn't in the, the show notes. Um, but, but what if we scrapped the conference championships games this week and th- this was the beginning, the first round of an eight-team playoff with the uh, home games occurring on campus. Excuse me, the games occurring on campus. Is that is that an an idea you could get behind? 
I mean, in theory, yeah, but like my issue with expanding the playoff is someone's going to piss it on that eight teams isn't enough. I mean, we just we're at sixty-eight teams in the NCAA tournament now, and they're expanding the World Cup, and it's just like it seems like a money grab to me more than anything else. If we have more teams, that's more games, that's more marketing dollars, that's more exposure for brands. That's it doesn't strike me as something that's good for the sport in general. So anytime there's talk of expansion, I get concerned because I feel like it's going to water down the product. Now, a jump from, you know, four to eight isn't huge, but what if in 10 years, eight's like, well, there's nine elite programs and we don't want anyone to get hurt or their feelings hurt because they're the ninth best. At some point, you just have to be the best. And if you're not the best, sorry, get better. No, no, I, I, I agree. I agree. You're, you, that no matter where you cut, you cut off, that you're always gonna have. Yeah, someone's a, always gonna piss and moan. It's like the old Big Twelve when it was Texas, Oklahoma, and Texas Tech, and there was that one year where School A beat School B, School B beat School C, School C beat. There was this weird triangle where they all beat each other, but only one team got to go to the BCS game, and the other two schools, you know, it's like sometimes that just happens. You can't appease everyone, and this system isn't meant to appease everyone. So, at least that's not the college basketball ranking system. That would be even worse. We'll get to that in a bit. But I just think it is what it is, and I don't know if adding an additional round is, one, good for the players because they're already playing 12 regular season games, a conference championship, a semifinal game, and then a final game. Right, so scrap team game season. Scrap the scrap scrap this weekend. Oh, so you're saying no no conference championships, so they wouldn't be adding an extra game. Okay. Right. No conference championship. Let, let me Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports uh, wrote this article. Let me just give you the the matchups. Um, so five five automatic bids for the major conferences and three at large bids. Well, that would give UCF their shot. Right. So so Washington, I'm okay with I'm okay with it from that standpoint. If it gives the non-Power 5 conference, like, for whatever reason we've determined, and it's probably, you know, it is what it is. We drew a line in the sand. These five conferences are better than these other ones. But if it gives schools like UCF or Boise back when they were in the Mountain West or TCU when they were in the Mountain West or Hawaii, like, if, you know, if it gives those schools that are prolific in their conference a shot at the quote-unquote big boys, that I'm for because that's better for competition. Let me read you these four matchups and tell me that you would not be glued to your television the entire day. Number eight, Washington at number one, Alabama. Number seven, Central Florida or UCF at number two, Clemson. Number six, Ohio State at number three, Notre Dame. And number five, Oklahoma at number four, Georgia. Now, if that isn't just a fantastic day of college football, I don't know what is. But Clemson, UCF would be fun. Oklahoma, Georgia would be fun. Oh, yeah. Kirby Smart, that defense. Well, I guess we got that last year in the Rose Bowl, and it was fantastic. Um, even Ohio State and Notre Dame up in South Bend on a cold December night. That'd be good stuff. So, yeah, there, there it is. It's outlined. Um, that's just one of those debates that will go round and round until we don't, you know, we don't design everything with money in mind and – but I, I think the TV ratings would be so big. The ticket prices, I mean, it would be a fantastic on-campus experience. So, 
that, that's where we are with football. We could we're we're twenty five minutes in. I'm sure we could spend another twenty five minutes. <laughs> but um, but yeah, yeah. You, let's you... just real quick. Let's talk about pro football, and then we'll move on to college basketball. Um, I just we're almost at the point where you know the the playoff picture is starting to become very clear, um, especially in the AFC. Um, we've got the Patriots the Steelers, the Texans, and the Chiefs all as division leaders. Um, And it's not terribly close in many of those situations. (coughs) Excuse me. And then in the NFC, the East is still totally up for grabs. Um, Chicago is leading the North. And then uh, New Orleans and uh, the Rams are running away with their divisions. Um, so there's only honestly there's only a few teams that actually have a shot at the playoffs that aren't currently leading their division. Um, the in the AFC you've got the Chargers leading the wild card, and then a bunch of scrubs fighting for that second spot. And then in the NFC East, it's a through three way race: Dallas, Washington, and Philly. Um, and then again, a bunch of there's just not a lot of good teams in the NFC. No, so it's just kind of one of those. The cream has risen in L.A., New Orleans, and uh, Kansas City, and I mean the Patriots. Really, they're eight and three, but they're the Patriots. Yeah. So, but other than that, there's just there's a lot of mediocrity as far as records are concerned. So it'll be interesting to see how it all shapes up. But I think the front runners uh, have made themselves very clear. Yeah, I would take a championship weekend consisting of uh, L.A., New Orleans, and New England, Kansas City. Those would be two incredible oh, games. That's that's pro football I would watch. Yep, for yep. sure. All right, uh, there would be some there would be some good uh, divisional weekend games as well. But yeah, if we if we, if that was our championship weekend, um, I don't think there'd be uh, a single complaint. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, NCAA men's basketball. Did you read the article I put in the show notes? Uh, I did not read the article. I, I perused the um, the actual rankings today, and uh, yeah, I was blown away. I mean, how does Kentucky become the 61st best team in the country? Well, because Ohio State's number one, apparently. So this is the new NCAA net, um, <clears throat> excuse me again, rankings that's replacing the RPI, which is what has been not not the only factor in determining seeding, but a major factor in determining seeding in the uh, March Madness tournament that is now being replaced by the NCAA's own ranking called NET. And the initial rankings came out, and it the ranking is one, uh, Ohio State, two, Virginia, three, Texas Tech, four, Michigan, five, Gonzaga, six, Duke, Seven Michigan State, Wisconsin, Virginia Tech, ten Loyola Marymount, eleven Kansas, twelve Belmont, thirteen Nevada, fourteen Nebraska, GBR baby, fifteen Iowa, Auburn, Maryland, Houston, Notre Dame, Purdue, yeah, K State's number twenty four, San Francisco is number twenty five, and the reaction to this has been either uh, laughing or outrage. Yeah, and I think the. The natural, I guess, the issue here is that we don't have enough data points. Yeah. So and, why release the rankings? Right. That's What's the question. The point? Yep. 
Um, so anyways, it's a really interesting article. It's on ESPN. Uh, the, the title is number one Ohio State question mark NCAA's initial net basketball ratings raise questions. It's a really interesting article. I'm not going to read it to you because you know you you can read, um, but it's worth uh, it's definitely worth checking out. Nate Silver, who's the guy from 538, said these <laughs> this first list is the worst rankings I've ever seen in any sport ever. So there's a hot take for you, right? But it it, it explains in the article what they. Um, take into account one of them is win uh sorry the the amount you win by so uh you know michigan beat villanova by like 27 or something stupid like that but what's funny is that that difference is capped at 10 so it doesn't matter that we ran them out of the gym we beat them by 10 so we get credit for beating them by 10 and it also doesn't take into account who you beat by double digits so if we destroy Holy Cross by 40, well, that's kind of expected. But if we blow Virginia or Villanova out of the gym, we get that same 10-point credit, but it doesn't matter that we beat the defending national champions who were ranked eighth at the time. Right. So it's, it's very peculiar, and as you said, maybe not enough data. You know, There's a lot more games in college basketball. And one of the points in the article is like right now, each game, depending on how many you've played, takes – either anywhere from 12 to 25 percent of you know your score like if you've only played four games each game counts for 25 percent so if you've played four really good games you're going to rise to the top whereas after you're done each game only winds up costing you like or costing like three percent so the the rankings should balance themselves out as the season progresses but yeah kentucky number 61 and gonzaga and duke not being at the top it just confusing so anyways um if you're into college basketball or you're a stats nerd um definitely worth looking at the rankings and the conversation going on around that because it's like kind of silly right now but again i'm a proponent of saving the rankings until it actually matters which is like you know right before conference tournaments so yeah, I think we'll have to check back on this one. Maybe maybe on the one-year anniversary of the show, which I'm not exactly sure of the date, but I know we're late in the college basketball season. That's crazy. Yeah, we're, we're just a few short months away I think, from uh, from the big one-year anniversary. We'll have to do something special. We'll have to get a cake. Ooh, I'm down with that. What was the, what was the best thing you ate this weekend? The best thing I ate this weekend was it, it wasn't even Thanksgiving dinner. We had Italian on Wednesday night from a place called Da Eduardo's in Gross Point, and I had uh, veal scallopini in a white wine butter uh, garlic sauce with asparagus and calamari arrabbiata, which is a, a spicy cream-based sauce on the calamari and it was incredible it was so good i love italian food though so it it automatically gets extra points in my book but it's yeah it's like authentic northern italian cuisine and it was amazing how about you uh you know we had a fantastic meal Uh, you know i've only come within like the last five years of liking stuffing i'm not sure why i didn't like it before i guess but my Oh, you have seen the light, my friend. My taste buds have my taste buds have gotten more uh, sophisticated, but um, 
I would say that the best thing I ate, I was able to eat it over and over again, and maybe that's the problem, uh, was some coconut cream pie, homemade coconut cream Ooh, pie. Who made it, that? Uh, uh, well, I'm not sure, because my, my mother-in-law was down there most of the week helping kind of prep things, so either her or uh, my, my grandmother-in-law, I guess for, cause I'm not sure the proper term, but <laughs> uh, one of those two made it, yeah, the meringue and then... And, uh, yeah, that... it, it, there's also a chocolate icebox pie, which is is also delicious. So we we had no shortage of of desserts. It was a great Thanksgiving, and uh, and, and now we start like holiday party season, and um, yeah, this my wife's birthday was last week. We went to Q39. Ooh, good choice. That's yep. a that's some high quality Kansas City barbecue for those that don't know. Yeah, so you know we took. You know they have feast week for basketball. We took feast week, kind of to a to our own level. <laughs> we had we had some lacrette in there as well. I mean, nice. Yep. Man, you know the amount of food talk we have on this show. We should do a food show. <laughs> we should. Great, the great places we eat. Uh, yeah, we we could have so many topics: fast food, fast casual. Quick service restaurants. Yep, new <laughs> rankings, our favorite homemade dishes, our favorite homemade snacks. Ooh, I'm feeling a spinoff coming on. Yep. This is well, this is a great time of year. You know, there's food is so nostalgic, you know, it takes you to to places, puts you gives you memories. So I'm a, I love a, a good meal, good dishes. Yep. I'm I'm all for, for food, especially this time of year. Sweet. Well, I'm going to do one piece of business real quick before we hang up, which I don't think I've actually ever done on this show. Um, Sports Ball is a show that is part of the Super Mega Court Podcast Network. And recently, we have started our own subreddit, r slash Super Mega Court, where we want to host discussion on all the different topics uh, that our shows represent. We've got uh, multiple different shows spanning multiple topics. Um, so if you're into the sports chat, like Andrew and I obviously are, um, this is an opportunity for you to go to reddit.com slash r slash supermegacorp and strike up a discussion on the sports topics that we discuss on this show. It's a great opportunity for us to engage and learn and, you know, maybe give some people some shout outs on the show for setting us straight. So check that out if you're so inclined. And uh, I guess uh, until next time, Andrew, uh, watch more sports. Absolutely, I'm going to become a. I've just clicked uh, subscribe to the subreddit. I'm a proud redditor, uh, so I will add this subscribe and add it to my favorites. Fantastic! I will see you in the subreddit then. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. All right, see you, dude. Bye. See ya.